What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I say them in any order that I friggin' want. Uh, my name is Ben Burnett. Joining me, as always, my pal and yours, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, my friend, how are you doing on this fine, fine Thursday evening? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, this isn't really hockey related, but uh, got some exciting news yesterday. Uh, making a new Mario Strikers game. I've been waiting 15 years for the chance to play again uh, with a competitive online league and good community. So not hockey, but uh, something that Brian and I bonded over early was that we both had played that game pretty obsessively. So I'm hoping I can loop him in. I can't believe you haven't mentioned that you co-host a fantasy hockey podcast with a, a fellow Nintendo Switch owner. Am I not invited? Am I? Am, what am I? You know, strike to liver? That's tough. But, uh, you know, I, I just, it was one of the things that sort of like, uh, I don't know, elevated my profile with Brian, I feel so, like. So I'm not invited, though, just to clarify. You are absolutely <laughs> invited to the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Mario Strikers all right, all Battle right. I'm just kidding. League, League, or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So uh, in about, I guess, luckily this is coming out in the off season, so no one has to worry about the, the content running dry. The um, day school gets out for me. Incredible. Oh, that's exciting. It's so perfect. Um, however, of course, there's you know we have a lot of stuff to get to tonight, so let's we'll, we'll switch topics, uh, but um, and jump right into the <laughs> fantasy hockey content. Uh, gotta start in Edmonton, where uh, my cousin Brian shouts out to him. He texted me oil gas tip earlier. And what a miraculously efficient headline to talk about David Tippett being fired by the Edmonton Oilers today. Um, been about 12 hours since that announcement, but I would bet you that Oilers fans are still out in the streets celebrating. It is hard to see for me. I mean, we've talked about the Oilers so much this year. It's hard to see this fixing their many woes, like their top heavy roster construction, the goaltending. But that's all Jay Woodcroft's problem now. He got the call up from the Oils AHL squad where he's coached the past few seasons. Um, obviously, the Oilers have been a topic of fascination for us. I would guess, you know, it's hard to draw many conclusions since the Oilers don't play until tomorrow or I can't recall if it's tomorrow or Saturday, um, but they do play five times next week. So we have a lot of uh, a lot of Woodcroft action coming up. But we are going to be guessing a little bit here. I think that, you know, one thing I'm, I'm feeling confident in is it's Mike Smith's net, at least until, you know, his next injury flare up. I think the question is, will things continue as they have been on that top power play unit? Um, the oil have been rotating Evander Kane and Zach Hyman on a top unit with McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and Evan Bouchard. Um, it's hard to know if Bouchard will stick there long term, but I, I would guess that they'll at least stick with that unit for at least a game or two for Woodcroft to kind of see. Uh, I, I would assume he doesn't try to rock the boat too hard early, but obviously check game day lines uh, on Twitter to see the latest uh, once the Oilers get a practice in. Obviously, two big names, though, Lewis, stick out as omissions here, and that's Yessi Puljujarvi, who had been in a net front role on the top unit before the Kane signing, has gone completely cold, just two points in his last 10, now down to a 50-point pace on the season. We recommended dropping Puljujarvi when the Oilers had a light schedule for a few weeks, uh, a month or two back, 
Now the Oilers have five games coming up next week, but it's not looking good for him deployment-wise. And also Tyson Berry, who is pointless in 10, basically a third-pair, second-power play guy now, looking like a Tampa Bay-era Kevin Shattenkirk to my eyes. So, Lewis, I guess the big question I have for you following the the Woodcroft news, are Barry and Puyuyarvi both drops at this point? So, I think in terms of their like potential moving forward, I think that you could make the argument that they are. But I think context-wise, maybe not drops, simply because, as you mentioned, they do have a lot of games coming up, and we don't really know what ultimately you know, the format of these lines are going to look like. Um, I'm actually kind of bullish on Evan Bouchard. Uh, You know, the coaching staff is familiar with him from his time in the AHL. Uh, You know, uh, um, Ian Gooding from Dauber was talking on Twitter and somebody asked, you know, uh, about Barry, who we had on our cold streak list before we even heard the news about Tippett's firing. Um, And there was a similar question. And, you know, he said, Barry's pretty close to being a drop. Uh, the only thing, you know, the only issue I have with it is, you know, we're not 100% sure what things are going to look like. And with five games coming up, it could be worthwhile just in terms of volume to have him out there. You know, if you can get two extra games from him compared to what you might get on another slot. Plus, so many waiver wires are pretty bereft of effective defensemen at this point. So maybe you hold on to him for another week, um, but certainly unless something significant starts to really turn around. I would not hesitate to drop Barry. And if uh, Pugliarvi continues to be buried, I'd be happy to pull the trigger on him as well. If you haven't done it already during that light week that you mentioned. Yeah, I think with Barry, the the upside is a bit higher just because we've seen what he can do when he's clicking with that top unit. And with Woodcroft being new, I, I do think that connection with Bouchard is interesting. And and I agree, if Bouchard keeps his deployment on that top unit, I think he's somebody who you should be holding on to for the rest of the season. You should be trying to, uh, you know, if somebody happens to have not held on to Evan Bouchard for some reason, now would be your chance to grab him before, you know, he potentially pops off. So I, uh, I, I'm very bullish on Bouchard. I have Tyson Berry in a league. And I'm going to hold on to him because of that upside through the five game week, see what the coach does. But if, if things are looking bleak after next week, then yeah, it's bye bye Barry. All right. Well, let's transition over to Las Vegas. You know, a lot of the talk in Vegas has been focused on the fact that Jack Eichel is going to be nearing a return to game action, and the Knights are going to have to figure out how to make that salary cap work. There had been a lot of discussion about Riley Smith or maybe Alec Martinez potentially being on their way out, but uh, today we saw from Frank Saravalli, he was reporting that the Knights may put Mark Stone on long-term injured reserve for his nagging back injury. Uh, which would allow them to open space up for Eichel. And then, of course, uh, if they give Stone plenty of rest and he's ready to go for playoffs, they can basically pull a Kucherov uh, and get him back in uh, in the playoffs when the salary cap is no longer a concern. You know, that back stuff has sounded really grim. You know, Stone talked about the fact that he's been out of the lineup four times this season for back issues, including one time when he said the back seized up entirely. It sounds really horrible. It would be so tough to battle in along the boards when you're feeling that way. You know, when Stone is healthy, he's been a point-per-game guy with 28 points in 28 games. So certainly this would be a big blow to his managers if it's true. You know, you don't think about the cap gymnastics casualty being, you know, the fantasy manager who had Stone. Um, but, you know, that is... uh 
now that that's on the table, I think that's pretty concerning. Um, you know, uh, what do you think? How nervous should these reports make Stone's fantasy managers? I think, uh, I mean, I'm reminded of the Shea Weber situation a few years ago where Weber is chugging along, putting up a vintage uh, Bangos-friendly stat line throughout the whole season, putting up, you know, like on pace for 55, 60 points with a ton of shots, ton of hits, blocking. And then all of a sudden he gets a foot injury. And then that same week there are reports Oh, no, Shea Weber may never play hockey again. Of course, uh, that ended up being true a few years later. Um, But, you know, certainly wasn't true at the time. I think that where there's smoke, there's fire. But in this case, I I do think that it's we're we're still early in that process. I'm definitely not panic shopping him yet. But I mean, I don't know. Would you are you more likely to want to go out and, and see if you can't? purchase stone for cheap off of uh off of someone or would you be looking to sell if you had the opportunity i'm curious to kind of hear how you would approach that because i always really struggle with these uh dilemmas and and i think in this case i i would lean towards holding off and staying away just because the uncertainty is freaky yeah i i'm actually surprised you ask because i i would not i think going out to to try to pick him up is a risk that is far too great um, you know, unless you're trading, you know, peanuts to pick him up, like somebody that you wouldn't care about and might ditch otherwise. And honestly, I think that if you can find someone better than, you know, uh, you know, a, a 65 point player, um, that you can pick up, I might seriously consider that. I'm pretty, I'm pretty nervous, uh, about this news for, for a couple reasons. One, uh, is that it, it does seem like the simplest and most straightforward route to solving this cap problem, uh, Pair that with the fact that really they're the only team that is pretty comfortably in a playoff spot in that Pacific division. Uh, so they don't really need to, um, you know, have Stone and Eichel probably to, in order to be successful. Um, the injury sounds awful. And if I were Stone, I might want to take some time to let it heal up. And finally, I don't know why other teams would be super interested in going out of their way to be a dance partner for Vegas in a trade. You know, Vegas has had a very long and successful, you know, in their short history, but they have a lot of examples of great opportunities where they've been able to go out and find someone to kind of work with them. And I think the league is sort of catching on to the fact that, you know, we can't give Vegas all these free passes. They're doing quite well for themselves. So I think that they're going to be hard up to find someone who is super interested in taking one of these players off their hand to give them the cap relief they need. And the easy way to do it in-house is to say, hey, our player needs to heal up. We saw Kucherov do it last year, obviously very successfully for Tampa. Um, so for all of those reasons, this this news about Stone is pretty concerning to me and has me, uh, you know, uh, if I were a Stone owner, I think I would be pretty concerned. I definitely, I think you're making really great points, especially about how uh, it, it is very convenient. What a convenient solution. Uh, Vegas, not one of those teams that has to fight and claw their way into the playoff picture necessarily, since they're in a weaker division. Um, I will, I think I'll push, the one part that I, I sort of, uh, I'll push back on is this idea that teams are are smart enough not to give the to throw them a life raft i think you know you go out and you try and you try and uh get rid of riley smith or alec martinez i i think that you'll have buyers um 
it, it comes down to whether or not you want to make that decision. And unfortunately, we don't know what's going on in the Vegas front office. If they prefer to take one last shot with this core, as you know, it, that does seem like the smarter route, right? So I, I think that uh, I think I agree with you overall, but I think it's more so because Vegas is smart than their opponents uh, have figured out that they should be avoiding dealing with this, uh, this, you know, new franchise, newish franchise at this point. Let's hop over to Boston next, where a pair of missing players uh, have the Bruins in a bit of a tizzy tonight. Uh, Patrice Bergeron out with a head injury. Still no word on how long he may miss out indefinitely. While Brad Marchand missed the first of six games tonight, uh, suspended for some Pure shenanigans on Tuesday night. We talked about the Bruins because of the Tuka Rask retirement. And uh, as we were doing that, I guess Bradley was out uh, making a fool of himself. I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say it, Lewis. Uh, definitely a tough blow to fantasy managers fighting for those playoff lives. Um, the Bruins ran out a Hall, Halla, and David Pasternak top line with Jake DeBrusque and Charlie Coyle joining Hall, Pasternak, and McAvoy on the top power play unit. Uh, the Bruins were down five nothing. I believe that's uh, that they got blanked tonight. Uh, six nothing. They lose six nothing. And I wrote this before the game started, but now it's going to look like I'm bandwagon jumping. But while Bergeron and Marchand are out, Boston kind of looks like a sneaky good team to target for goalie streams, since they are likely to struggle with offense until one or both of those players return. Um, you know, I don't feel like a genius for saying it, but I don't you love when something that you write down immediately comes true? That feel, That's a good feeling. Definitely. Yeah, they kind of are like a cut rate Dallas right now where they only really have one line that's capable of scoring, but it's not that super menacing top line that Dallas has. Um, you know, uh, I, I, that's that's not a top line that, you know, is, is quite as fearsome. And then everything after that is just really grim. I'm, I'm not super surprised to see uh to see what happened here with uh, with Freddie Anderson taking care of them. We already know that that Carolina is is solid defensively. Um, you know, I, I was a little worried because I had run out and picked up Jeremy Swayman. So this uh, this play from Allmark has me feeling a little more confident about that move. But the goalies are going to have to show out because you're absolutely right. I think the offense is going to be tough to find for a little while. Um, you know, and and certainly, you know, the number one thing on my mind is is concern for Bergeron because he's had concussions in the past. You know, such a, a great player. Um, you know, in another world when it comes to faceoffs, uh, and hopefully everything is going to go okay with him. Uh, and then as for Marshawn, I think his, his shenanigans went from cheeky and fun when he was trying to block, uh, you know, uh, Crosby from being able to replace his stick after breaking it on a faceoff, uh, to obviously, uh, tragic, uh, evil shenanigans when he went and punched, uh, Jari in the head and gave him the high stick. So petulant and embarrassing. I'll, I'll, I'll raise you. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm just trying to quote super troopers here. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, Lewis, I think you make some really great points and, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, it's, it's not a good, uh, not a good start to the post Bergeron Marchand, uh, era, the, as short as it may be. I would love to see what Boston looks like with Pasternak as the, the lone remaining superstar just because I think it's I think he's a really interesting case of or an example of a player who has been with two studs his whole career until very recently when they when they shifted him off line one and he's obviously been been quite solid on line two but 
having him sort of as the uh, the main driver on the team is a is a really interesting spot. All right, Ben, we're going to head into a break. We have a trio of hot streaks to talk about and then a goalie who is hot or cold. It just sort of depends on a flip of the coin. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts, Lewis. We are into the streak section of the show, and I'm going to hand the microphone off to you to talk about a, uh, a goalie who has been a little bit hot, a little bit cold, a little from column A, a little from column B. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to talk about a goalie that Brian and Elon had talked about on Monday and said that one of their toughest calls was season, and, and one that we shared as well, by the way, was that the suggestion that GM should drop Marc-Andre Fleury uh, after his and Chicago's disastrous start to the season. Um, based on their start, as well as you know how the Oilers came out you know, flying high out of the gates in October, I bet you could have made a lot of money betting that a game in which the Oilers outshot the Hawks 41-30 to would result in a 4-1 win for Chicago. Uh, but that's what happened, in fact, in Dave Tippett's final game when he uh, apparently bowed to Mike Smith's pressure and put him in uh, to play that game on the second night of the back-to-back. Uh, and, you know, as an opportunity for recent short shifts discussion topics, Brandon Hagel and uh, Dylan Strom to manage a goal and an assist each. Uh, Kirby Doc managed two points, three points for Alex Dabrinkit. Um, but... I want to focus on Flurry here, and Flurry has been much better than when he started. It it would have been almost impossible not to improve, um, but really lately his story has been one of maddening inconsistency. That's why he's sort of in this hot cold streak here. Uh, in fact, over his last thirteen starts, every one of them has either been a quality start with a save percentage over nine twenty. And in fact, seven of those eight quality starts have been 930 or higher, or they've been a really bad start with five starts below 850. Uh, It's been especially pronounced lately um, because he got a bunch of those quality starts in a row. More recently, he has four really bad starts broken up by three quality starts, including Tuesday night. You know, this is a guy who's obviously been great for volume. He's starting 13 of the last 14 games, uh, but the rates really have just been a crapshoot. And the uncertainty is further compounded by the fact that he's a likely trade deadline candidate, meaning that he could end up with fewer starts, uh, many fewer if he ends up as a quality number two for a contender but he could potentially see his rates improve on a better team. So I think that flurry managers have kind of a lot to think about here. Uh, do you think it's worthwhile cashing in on the idea? You know, I know Brian often says that, you know, he doesn't want to think about the potential landing places for goalies, but if you were maybe trying to shop flurry and say, you know, Hey, he's going to end up, you know, potentially on a better team here. Do you think that you'd be interested in trying to sell him right now? I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think I would sell for, you mentioned Brian and his hesitancy to predict landing spots. And I think that that's kind of where I'm at. So I think that, you know, it's rare to see this in the NHL, but I do think that Fleury's one of those players who commands enough leverage that he can sort of pick where he goes. And from what's being said, it, it kind of seems like he doesn't want to leave. I also feel like Chicago is in a little bit of a tough predicament in terms of PR and uh, rightfully so, where I think that they are probably going to have to stick with some of their more likable and and known players. They're, they're having trouble selling tickets. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if he winds up staying. Uh, if I were to, if I had Marc-Andre Fleury in any leagues and I do not, I would, sure, I'd, I'd, I'd throw that at the wall to see if I can sell him for the, for exactly that reason that, that you mentioned of just like not wanting to bet on him going somewhere better. But ultimately, um, I think that's going to be a tough, 
I, I don't see I don't see that working in a ton of leagues. So I don't know how repeatable that type of advice is. Um, but as it is, yeah, I, I think that I would be trying to get out from Marc Andre Fleury if possible. All right. Well, we have three more hot streaks that we want to get to and not a ton of time to do it. So let's have you jump over to Vancouver and talk about a streamer that you picked up who's on a nice little hot streak. Yeah. And um, not a ton to say here. Uh, we mentioned him on the cast Tuesday. Um, but Oliver Ekman Larson uh, is the number one player on our mutual keeper league in uh, the league that I streamed him in. Put up two goals, three assists, one on the power play, eight shots on goal, four hits, and six blocks in the last three games, playing over 22 minutes most of those nights, getting a majority of the power play time on ice with Quinn Hughes on the COVID list. It'll be interesting to see what look the uh, Canucks go back to when when Hughes is back in the lineup. I know that they had... They flirted with a three forward, two defenseman look uh, while Brock, while Bo Horvat was dealing with some injuries. I know that uh, Besser has missed some time as well. So, yeah, I think if uh, if OEL stays hot, it'd be interesting to see if he can stick on that top unit. But I think for now, it's, um, you know, it's tough to recommend him. The Canucks only play once more this week. They play three times next week. So not not a bad streamer, but just somebody who uh, it's it's nice to see some signs of life from OEL. Yeah, definitely. You know, there was all that talk about that crummy bag skate from early in the season. So uh, good to see him, you know, get his feet under him and, and get things really going uh, in this nice little streak he's put together. Uh, I want to jump over and talk about a guy from Columbus who wasn't able to put anything on the board today. Um, but in the previous four games, Gustav Nyquist had managed two goals, four assists, six shots and four hits in those last four games. He's been getting power play two time, but he is playing with the red hot Patrick Line, who kept his point streak going today, uh, and Jenner on line one. Uh, we mentioned him on the hot streak section a few weeks ago, but with the caveat that Voracek would likely be coming back to reclaim his spot on the top line. Uh, but Columbus and Brad Larson have been pleased with, with what they've seen out of Nyquist, uh, who is now up to 17 points in his last 18 games. I just want to give a little stick tack to Jakub Voracek uh, for putting up his second goal of the season today, obviously well known as a distributor. Uh, so a lot of people were wondering if he would end up uh, with just, you know, lead, leading the team in points, but with only the one goal, he got his second goal today. Good on you, Jakub. And uh, I want to send you over to Ottawa to talk about our last hot streak of the night. Yeah, let's talk about one more Ottawa senator, uh, because how could we stop after, I think we're on a like a five-episode streak of talking about the Sens somehow. Uh, Connor Brown, the latest player that we're going to talk about in Ottawa. But he's just been so good, I had to bring him up. Five points in his last three. The Sens, I suppose, were blank tonight, though. So that's now five points in his last four. And now 10 points over his last 11. That was point per game before tonight. Uh, with Batherson and Norris out, though, he's been getting huge minutes. And on Tuesday night, he played six minutes on the top power play unit. So I think now is the time to grab Brown as a stream. Don't get cute, I think, with this stream. Don't hold him if he struggles. But definitely not a bad hold if you picked him up for Ottawa's five-game week 16. And Ottawa also plays four games two of the next three weeks. So I guess it's time for McDavid to move over because there's a new Connor in town. It's downtown Connor Brown. 
Yeah, you know, we're, we're still going to be talking about, you know, who's up top for Ottawa for the foreseeable future as they are going to be on their 50 games in 100 nights odyssey that's going to be talked about so much this season. So uh, hopefully you're not totally sick of the Senators talk because uh, we're still going to have reason to discuss them moving forward. But yeah, Connor Brown, definitely an interesting option, um, you know. Obviously, not a whole lot going on for the Sens tonight, but, you know, they have been getting contributions from up and down the lineup during this busy week. So folks who have streamed in players like Alex Formanton, uh, Adam Gaudet, uh, Chris Tierney, you know, putting up some points uh, here and there for for those teams for for cheap off the waiver wire. So uh, you love to see that. And that's how you win your fantasy week. Lewis, let me ask you this. Uh, if we were to do a commercial for short shifts, talking about how, you know, all the sends, uh, the sends games coming up, what, what about this for a tagline? We'll talk some sends into you. I like that. Uh, I was sort of struggling with trying to come up with a uh, 101 Ottawan Knights. Ottawan Knights? Uh, Nailed it. No, I think you, I think we both landed it. So, Lewis. Yeah, leave it in. <laughs> Lewis, that's all the time that we have for tonight. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. And thank you all for listening. Uh, Lewis, I will see you next Tuesday. I, I'm, I'm hoping it's another fine, fine evening. Yeah, I'm hoping it's a fine, fine evening for me because we're going to be going head to head. So one of us is going to be leaving that week sad. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Please give us a follow at Short Shifts KK. We would love to answer your questions or interact and talk about Mario Strikers or fantasy hockey or whatever. Uh, Brian and Elon can be found at Keeping Carlson. Dave Benton of the Stream Scheme is at NHL Stream Scheme. Definitely give a follow to the Game Day suite of accounts at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News. Visit the great sites where we research episodes at yahoo frozen tools and natural stat trick our intro and outro music was created by pat roach and until we see you next time play smart and keep your shifts short